Hi, I'm Ken Napsok, host of Watching Thrones. To watch this episode live and get to call in and chat with us about Game of Thrones, sign up today for a free trial membership at ScreenJunkies.com. Screen Junkies, and welcome to Watching Thrones. We are here live on Screen Junkies Plus, or maybe in podcast form on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. There's a lot of ways to listen and break down Episode 4, Book of the Stranger, on HBO's Game of Thrones. I'm Ken Apsuck, along with Michelle Hi, Boyd. Sorry, Hello. I'm stepping all no, over you. Just I go. You just now introduced me. It's good. And, and sitting next to you... <laughs> Is your Targaryen sister? Yes. Back we, with us. <laughs> we're super related this time. Trisha hey, Hirschberger's back. What's did you up? no planning? Planning? How did this happen? <laughs> I think there was no specific planning, but based on last night's episode, who doesn't want to rep Targaryen? Today? It was just shared genius. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Spencer Gilbert, representing the Night's Watch, <laughs> right. the King of uh, King of the North. Um, yeah, yeah. Happy to be back. Uh, still riding strong on this. Yeah. Uh, Throny baloney pony. Throny. Here we are. <laughs> and I, of course, took the opportunity to uh, pay homage to my favorite man, Stannis, since it now seems rather official that Brienne's taking credit for the kill. Um, I'm still holding on that Bran, Bran is just tricking everybody, and it's part of a greater plot. She says she executed someone. Oh my god, that moment They're is dead. so Broke good. That series finale, Ken's still going to be like, no, there's oh, a chance. Stannis is around, <laughs> guys. There's a lot of way to t- a lot of ways to talk with us on a Skype screen uh, SJ Plus Live. You can Skype. In, and of course, uh, hashtag Watching Thrones on Twitter, which is what is on in front of me. And we'll take some of your questions. Like right up top, Jack Shipley checking in saying, Hey, this season is feeling predictable. Is that because we know it's ending? Let's. I don't think it's predictable because it is ending and crazy stuff's happening. I totally agree. I, this is great for me as a book reader, and I think all of us are. Mm-hmm. We're just like, we don't know what the hell's going to happen. It's fantastic. Trisha? I've been excited at every turn. I haven't been like, call that, call that. There have definitely been shocking moments, so I think I think it's great. Some things we maybe have expected, but it's been playing out in but a different I way. I wasn't yeah. expecting episode girl power. Right. This was amazing. <laughs> right, Spencer? <laughs> well, I'd say that we maybe expect that this is all heading to a final confrontation, so people are coming together, and it is condensing. So in that respect, yeah, I guess you predict that it's heading towards the big final oomph for the last two seasons, but mm-hmm. the individual moments in between those, no, I have no idea they're coming. I agree with you there, Jack. I hope that answers your question. You can argue with us later. Uh, guys, <laughs> the top story tonight, and your dresses indicate what we we are going to talk about Danny Strikes Back. <laughs> Daenerys Targaryen, the unburnt for real now. She's got some uh, different uh, rules of fire here on the show than the book. We'll use that one big book card. A little different. And I, I for one, like this change. This approach to Danny having a little bit more resistance to the fire than we expected as longtime fans, right? She's Danny the Burninator now. I wish that she would lose all her hair every time that she burns. <laughs> oh, but other oh. than that, hmm. I'm okay with the fact that I mean, well, and I don't know if we you had guys to get have over seen, that on season one. I know yeah. there's a specific uh, there's a specific interview that George R. R. Martin did where he was like, oh, you know, her coming out of the funeral pyre with the dragon eggs that was like a one time thing that was a miracle. So we know that's what George thinks. So for the right. book readers, you're like, oh, this is very unexpected. But we already know the show is something completely different than the books and yeah. this is just one of the ways in, that it's really taking that to where she has essentially inhuman slash X-Men powers of right. fire resistance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> I would just say, who cares? Uh, it doesn't, oh. it doesn't well, seem wait, like a big deal okay one way or the other. Mr. I hate magic is okay magic. more magic. Listen, it, was a, it, it set up a great surprise and a great reveal, which is that I didn't think she was going to do nude scenes anymore. I was just going to say, there were boobs. That's why he's okay with the magic. back at us. And that's the best kind is when they come out of nowhere. I saw a big discrepancy online of whether those were actually her boobs or that was CGI. I think it was her boobs. Apparently it was her boobs. She said it was. Lon Harris researching us here. JT goes to the clip. Ron Harris said, yeah, she has come out and said, yeah, th- I was waiting for a, a big moment. I felt yeah. this was a big moment. But guys, totally beyond, worth it. beyond the nudity, a staple of Game of Thrones, no doubt. We're watching Jorah <laughs> take a second peek. Um, and Dario, guys, Danny saves herself in yes. an ultimate power grab. Awesome. And that is key to the story. No Jorah and Dario like I thought. No dragons like maybe you would discuss. You know that made me happy. She did it herself. Mm-hmm. She did it herself. Break it down, Michelle. Michelle, take that. Take that moment. I'm take that so, moment. I'm so, so happy about this because I we had this argument the last podcast about, you know, Jorah and Dario coming in to save them. And I was like, no, I absolutely do not want that to happen. Danny needs to have her own moment. She needs to have her own moment of power without Drogon, without these people. And this was like the one situation there was no other way out of it except to use their superhuman power i love it i I love it it so much i find it interesting that it was also in the same place where i feel like she had her last moment of it's just me power when she ate the heart Mm -hmm. same exact setting let's do it one more time i loved it i thought it was great in a weird way like danny we talked about kind of meandering wandering just as a character in a storyline to go back to the beginning and kind of find herself again in that moment i think that was absolutely Mm -hmm. key why she was walking around like oh i've been here before Mm -hmm. totally i know it's spencer but no like, dragons. She did it herself. It's cool. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was into it. Um, she, we got rid of the uh, discount call Drogos, um, the like Kirk, Kirkland knockoff brand calls. Uh, they're done, which is, which is happy. Uh, did she oil the floors or something? That's what I was going to ask. How much help was Dario and Dead Man walking there? Because like, they, did they just bar the door? Did they add some accelerant? Well, what that, happened? That is what I want to make our, our big point of discussion right here, right now. Let's mm-hmm. get into some some ideas, some thoughts and theories and break it down. Did Danny use magic? Magic, good planning. Did she know her surroundings? Did she send in that other young Dosh Colleen to maybe lay down some oil? Or is it just good use of a wooden building? Uh, I think a lot of people are asking and interpreting this in different ways. Spencer, where do you take this? I guess it was all natural? I don't know. Who else would have been in there to uh, to do anything? She was alone. She, um, I think she just really threw uh, those braziers. Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. That, that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Renaissance pole. And then, uh, um, she, you know, it's made of, it's a thatch roof cottage, right? Exactly. Well, let's watch the clip right here. It goes, it's... It. So you, you see liquid splattering there or something pouring out of it that's not straight fire, which leads me to believe, I agree with Spencer, agree that oil. it is all natural and that they're probably oil lamps. So when you're throwing an oil lamp in a straw slash thatched hut. Right. You know, then you're, it, that's it. That's also, done. Those Fire. guys are surrounding. Yeah, those guys' ponytails, too, must just leave streaks Absolutely. everywhere. <laughs> a lot of sweat. Hey. It's true, too. And just <laughs> as a historical note, they usually, like, you know, line the floors with rushes and things that were okay. very easily flammable. I, I wish so. we had a telestrator yeah. and we could break this down, mm. John Madden style. <laughs> it's really, I, it's set look. on fire. We're cool. So, so mm. no one here goes to the idea that maybe she's now a fire starter, twisted fire starter, and, and <laughs> prodiging this way, her way through there. No one takes it as magic, right? Well, I no, don't. I'm just not really. Now I'm no. sad that that song wasn't playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, good planning and nothing because there was that moment. We can talk about Dario and Jorah now and Dario being a jerk to my man Jorah, uh, bragging as he is early on. 
and Dorica, Ajora, Dora, Dora the Explorer, Jora the Explorer. <laughs> Dorica? Uh, kind of slipping. He's got he's slipping in his Poor old age. Jorah. Plus, got some scrapes. Oh, he threw that sand. That was amazing. The sand. <laughs> it always works in movies. <laughs> One of my <laughs> favorite totally but most bittersweet moments is Jora throwing the sand. JT, just bring that oh, clip no. up and we'll, we'll we call to it. it. Oh, but he's so going. Great. He's tried so hard here. Jora, you sand attack. <laughs> it missed. You would the think look. all he had to do was just show the dude his arm and been like, yeah, back yeah. off. Yeah. Why didn't he just is. rub that on his neck? Yeah, exactly. Great point, right? <laughs> Dario's got to watch his back when he's sleeping. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Did we enjoy no this? No more late night spooning. Yeah. I mean, that for me, as again, as everyone knows I'm a Jorah fan, that was a painful but fun moment to watch. <laughs> it was very funny in a bad, sad, bittersweet way. The man's slipping, man. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's cresting over the, the, uh, the, the peak of his life, it would seem. So, um, but in that moment where they sneak in and they grab the, the younger Dash Kaleen mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to take Danny out for a quick fix. Mm-hmm. Like, we're out, let's go. Danny says, hey, trust me, I, I might have something here. Mm-hmm. You don't think in that moment at any point there was a, hey, you go in, set some stuff up for me, anything like that? Anything going to be revealed? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, I don't know. Clearly, they are. I think not because they clearly didn't see it coming when they uh, when they were Good watching point. her uh, mm-hmm. walk out of there unburnt again. Um, they were, seemed just as shocked as everyone else. I, that's an excellent take on that. She probably mm-hmm. just said, "Listen, when I go in there, you bar that door and just you know." Right. right. I think that was the only forethought that went into it was with Dario and Jora. Your job is to bar the door. I got this. And Danny has a track record of kind of doing uh, things, keeping it close to the vest there mm-hmm. with the, with the, the Krasnys mm-hmm. burning with the dragons. It was like, I told you to trust me, I had this. Mm-hmm. So again, this is kind of par for the course in a good way for Danny. Yeah. The was one it- thing I did think was interesting was how much resistance she gave to the idea uh, back in Marine of gathering all the masters together and killing them all. Yeah. And she's cool with it now. She's like, all right, well, That's as true. soon as that horse rape was threatened, like, that was yeah. the tipping point, all I guess. We have a line, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was that hers, line. I guess. Line. The thing that she traditionally goes kind of off the deep end about is slavery, and they were essentially saying, we're going to make you a, a sex slave until you're dead. Right. So if that's the thing that puts her over the edge from sane to crazy, she's crazy. So now we're going to have three more seasons of her reforming Dothraki society (laughs) just back and forth and trying to... But she does do that when they follow her. The first time they all followed her, she was like, listen, this is how it's going to be from now on. I know these were your customs before, but if you follow me, this is what it is. In a big way, that's what's going on here. The moment of the the burning, you have Jorah reacting the way Jorah does. Make a joke, (laughs) take take a second peek. But Dario, this is a guy who was bragging about having sex with his girlfriend later, kind of like riding just the dragon. riding the dragon and all this stuff. And then in that moment, he's like, oh, this is who I'm dating. And did anyone else see him praying it, when he had his head huh. down? His lips were moving. He huh. had like a, he was an praying. emotional moment. He had a reaction. I like that. I like maybe Dario learning the lesson there. God, but, I hope so. I thought that was right. interesting. He's so hard to like, for me at <laughs> least me in the series. He's so hard to like. <laughs> right. And I want to like him because Danny likes him. So I'm glad that he had this moment. He's got that thought, sweet knife, though, oh with like the, the mud flaps you see on the back of the truck. That knife was awesome, and I would (laughs) like one. Promptly, let's get on making him proper. And here he is uh, on the clip here. We're watching the clip now of him uh, kissing the (laughs) knife, learning that Jorah's got grayscale, which is interesting. Now he knows the secret there. Very convenient. But I do want to talk about the Dothraki. In a major way, this is Danny killing not just the Kals, but the old Dothraki ways. And I think there's a shot of, of, of the Dosh Kaleen, uh, JT, that I included there, uh, of, of the older women and, and the younger Dosh Kaleen as well, looking at this. And to me, I took it as a, a uh, as, as a little bit of, much like when Craster's Keep was burning and his widow's uh, 
we're affected by it in a positive way that they're free of what we know yeah. the mm-hmm. Well, the Dothraki respects strength. That's the only thing. Sure. So I'm pretty sure burning all the calls alive and coming out like the only victor, that counts. Right. I think everyone's cool with it. So the next question then, and, and on Twitter, Dan Solo just checked in using the hashtag Watching Thrones. So do we think Daenerys will combine with the Dothraki and the Unsullied and head to Westeros by the end of the season? And, and it begs a question of, she's got this massive horde now. Mm-hmm. Where does she go with this? Let's talk predictions and thoughts. Yeah, I think, like you said, by the end of the season, as in final episode, uh, that's probably the time frame we're looking at. They're going to rebuild those ships that burned? Well, <laughs> I think we see uh, another place with quite a few ships, uh, maybe in uh, scenes from the mm-hmm. next episode. So yeah. that's my prediction. Mm. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. I just can't wait for uh, when they get over to Marine and with Tyrion's note of you're not going to get a better offer than our seven years and uh, turn around and here comes Danny <laughs> with 10,000 Dothraki or 100,000? How many Dothraki are there? Screamers and a dragon flying overhead and be like, I told you maybe you should have accepted those terms. Mm, totally. I hope that it happens by the end of this season. I don't know. I feel like Things have been so drawn out, particularly in Danny's storyline, that uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm hopeful that now that things are picking up, we're not as tied to the books. We could see that by the end of the season. That's exciting. I like that too because I kind of was one going in the thing, and this was going to take a little while. She was going to be in kind of captivity, and then Dario and Joy. I was guilty of thinking that they were going to be the White Knight saving her, and I, mm-hmm. I like that she takes takes this into her own hands. And I'm I'm glad we're done with it. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad we can move on. There's literally easy. nothing left for her to do at right. this point. If Absolutely. she comes back with the Dothraki, there's nothing left for her here. Yeah. Just go. I think Just go. I think Keep she going. Goes to Marine, cleans up house, Euron comes over, maybe he's got some ships, and they start heading west. We can, what if she's like, oh, but Yeeti, the mythical like, land no, no, of Yeeti. No, 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 no. Turn. Turn. I want to go back to Valyria and take back my homeland. No! Um, so, guys, uh, another top story, the one that got me in an emotional way that I didn't mm-hmm. expect, though maybe I should have, is Sansa and John having a little bit of a yes. family yes. reunion. Number one, guys, how did you react to this moment, Trisha? Oh, my God, it was amazing. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was the first time they've been on screen together since the pilot. I believe you're right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe you're right. Um, and they've both of their characters have been through so much and changed so much that to see them reunited and have that warm embrace together was absolutely lovely. And it was such a wonderful payoff to seasons and seasons and seasons of us all wanting two Starks on the same screen at the same right. time. And happy. Oh. Two Starks happy <laughs> at the same time. At least right. for now. <laughs> at least for the moment. I honestly, like, I fully expected them to get up to the to uh, to Castle Black and for John to already be gone. Yeah. I was fully yep. expecting yeah. it. Brienne was on time for once. Right, absolutely. <laughs> and th- 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 this got me. This moment got me. And again, because when you watch, rewatch season one for the first time after you've seen it for the first time, you kind of go back and have those heartstring moments where you're like, oh, this is the last time uh, Kat mm-hmm. and Ned were together. This is the last time the family was together. So I was drawn upon those emotional experiences in this moment in this hug I, I got misty at I got I got Aww. the nerd chills and I got the tears because it was a powerful moment as the Starks are our family Yay. good job Yay. acting guys despite their sins they've both grown up so much and been yeah. through so much well, and I, everyone else had to have thought I know I did when they're just sitting there like feasting kind of making small talk you're like so what you been up to <laughs> I mean I died what you been up to yeah. died got repeatedly raped by Ramsey yeah. no. right I feel like they skipped over a lot <laughs> of those questions that they might have had for each other yeah, I'm okay with that. I, yeah, I'm okay with I them mean, filling each other it's in. It's a tough scene to play. I kind of <laughs> like the, the soup's good. Um, <laughs> good moments there. And I love the the kind of meta moment of even uh, John like, I'm sorry, I was a pouty little kid the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> in the corner. Spencer, how did you react to this scene, man? Like us, were you crying? 
Um, you know, I think I was a little hung up because I really thought that John was gone. So what's the explanation for why he's still there? Did he forget to pack? Was he like, oh, whoops, uh, well, just kidding. Like, did he walk out and turn right around That's and walk I, back in at the much. end of the episode? Forgot my sword. Yeah, I, I really thought he wouldn't be there. So it was unexpected. It was sweet, of and course. And the big question I want to answer now is uh, where was John going? Was he just content to vacation time? <laughs> just need to clear his head. He just wanted to walk around the, the gate. I'm heading to Pactos. Yeah. I mean, he says, I'm heading south. I'm gonna get warm, but clearly he had no plans to go in Winterfell or do anything. Anytime soon. Yeah. Wow. Very strange. He was just going down to the Reach or Dorne, Dorne. hang out in the sand. I think he was just gonna check out what was going on everywhere, like get the feel for the climate everywhere. And I don't mean weather climate. I mean his like his Forrest Gump moment where he just so I ran. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna keep going. But it is it is Sansa Stark. It is Sansa Stark who comes back and and her character's gone through a lot of growth, a lot of changes, a lot of maybe moments that went left and we wanted it to go right. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, Sansa Stark takes charge. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I love that she was the one to basically tell him, "Hey, no, nut up. There's a monster in our house. Mm-hmm. Let's get this shit done and get him out of there, or we're right. never going to be safe." The interesting thing is he didn't counter with, by the way, there's also ice zombies above us, so maybe we need all the human one beings we can get. One problem at a time. Okay, one at a time. Well, and I thought it was a nice moment for everyone who's always cried Sansa as being the weak one, you know. It, right. it, it's funny, when they apologize to each other for their behavior as children, I also feel like it's a bit of a um, snarky writer jab at right. the mm-hmm. fan base who thinks that Jon Snow is too emo and that Sansa's too weak. Yeah. Like, here you go, we're moving on, we're new people now. I absolutely agree. It was a great, it was a, it's a great moment there that Sansa's like she's she's one and you're right John I'm surprised he's like he's seen it north of the wall so maybe he's like I'm going south as, as, as south as I can go and screw y'all y'all kill me I'm going home but uh, I, I I like this moment and also within this we can't forget to talk about and JT you have the clip there we got a love connection guys I'm so excited about this it was <laughs> love the, the connection ship. I didn't even Here we know go. I wanted the bear and the maiden oh, fair yes. Tormund Giants Bane, oh. Brienne of Tarth. I don't think she knows what to do with this moment. She has so awkward for her. She's like, wait, I don't, huh? <laughs> God. God. I just love Tormund like, this chicken could be you. Yeah. This, this, what that's what I'm like, I also have to say, like, I watched that and I was like, Brienne is in for a time. <laughs> yeah. She's great. Yeah. Good for you, girl. Get and, it. And, and, and <laughs> I, you know, at some point, maybe Jamie's going to show up and be like, sir, I have this dance. <laughs> oh my God, I want that fight to happen. That'd be good. But That'd this be is so definitely, it, it is a long time coming for Brienne, who, who's oh. had a rough life and a rough time on the show, like you said, being just seconds away from that candle the Stark girl's yeah, not going over a while and 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 I, I love that moment it's one of my favorite moments in the show I don't know if it's any less rough <laughs> to get shacked up with Tormund Giants but this is a guy that bragged about having sex with a bear this guy's a this guy's an animal bear. I don't want to hear about the bear you never <laughs> yeah so good I also think it was a much needed moment of humor there and when your heartstrings were already pulled so tight to have that it was brilliant yeah, absolutely. Uh, on Twitter, uh, well, hashtag Watching Thrones, Bren, uh, Ben Strobel checks in and says, Sansa was amazing in last night's episode. She is out for blood. And going back mm-hmm. to that, that is good. She she is, she is wants this. I'll she do knows. it myself oh, yeah. if I have to. Yeah. Great quote. A little Especially bit. Especially with the arrival of the pink letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do want to get the pink letter. Uh, wrapping up here in the north, though, 
One of the most awkward scenes I've ever seen on Game of Thrones was Davos and uh, Melisandre just kind of chit-chatting and Bran going, oh, I know what you're talking <laughs> so, about. Yeah. Awkward. I thought it was amazing. Busted. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, Davos, is he's, his character's gone back and forth a couple different directions with the Red Woman, but here's Bran. This is a sad moment for me. <laughs> we still haven't seen it on screen, but she... I mean the guy executed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that guy? Yeah. I really thought she was going to follow up with, yeah, I saw her go up in flames. Uh, you want to maybe explain that, Red Lady? Well, there was... Yeah, he, Davos is specifically saying what happened to Shireen and, and, and then Brienne sort of like dodges the question Melisandre right. yeah. a little yeah. bit on that one because she's like oh I saw what happened but let's talk about Stannis not my favorite scene because it, it seemed like clunky storytelling that they had to kind of get this scene going on anyone wonder why Davos wouldn't have asked this question before yeah completely mm. I, I loved this scene. I, I didn't okay. find it clunky Counter, at counter all. me, Trisha. Yeah, I didn't find it clunky at all. I thought it was another moment of Brienne finally taking charge and okay. saying, no, this is what happened. Like, after that conversation was over and she walked away, I let, it, me and actually a couple other people that I was watching Game of Thrones with last night let out an audible, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was just, great. She's just standing over them, towering, just looking down at Melisandre, and then she walks away with, yeah. like, the naked blade in her hand. It's great. It's great. And, uh, Jennifer Morris on Twitter, at Tiger Lily. Warrior, a lot of strong moments for females in this episode. Sansa, Cersei, Danny, Brienne, Marjorie, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and Mar- Marjorie, Marjorie as well, Marjorie, which we're going to talk about. So this this was uh, this was a, a girl power moment, yes. and and this is key to the George R. R. Martin's storytelling too. I think it is about women reacting to this tough world and maybe overcoming some of it, and now maybe being in charge of it. Well, and we previously saw Melisandre have a lot of power, right. not anymore. Mm-mm. No, no, losing it, losing it there. Uh, Lon, we got some calls. Uh, let, let's take some calls up top if we we have and we'll dive into some of the top issues and i do want to get into the pink letter after that uh so let me know yes yeah, so uh, something uh, we got a call all right let's yeah. do the call thing now <laughs> check in on skype <laughs> hey welcome back hey. what's your name where are you calling from again remind me i'm uh case from the netherlands that's right case Hi. Hi. Hello. how you doing case take us through what you thinking well, the thing is, I called in a few weeks ago, and I said that <laughs> I actually like Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, I yep. remember. Yep. Case, do you still like Ramsey? <laughs> Give us that moment. Do you still like him? <laughs> You're no, shaking your head. Not so much. Why? Why have you I turned? <laughs> I, I really liked Osha and Rickon, and now he killed Osha. <laughs> and there was... Is it? Sucked. <laughs> it's not. I agree. <laughs> that was a surprise. So, do, so you're not rooting for him at all. It just took that moment with the apple. You're done now. He, he ate that apple raw and killed Osha. You're done with him. Well, the thing is, he is quite smart, and I think that he will get somewhere in this game. But um, I'm not rooting for him. Probably wise. Maybe step two. Yeah, we'll I agree. That's awesome. Well, Case, thanks for the call. We're going to dive into uh, the pink letter right now. This is something a lot of us book nerds have been waiting for or mm-hmm. thought it might have been skipped. It factored into a different point of the story. But we got it. Different version. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Right, Spencer? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It is very different in the book. It was in relation to Stannis and Mance Raider, all these people who are dead already. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was like a hot diss track. He really sent, you know, like the come at me bro letter of all come at me bro letters. Yeah, come and see. Yeah, come, come and see. see. Come and see. Come and see, bastard. So this, over and over. <laughs> this pink letter basically <laughs> says, hey, I got Rick on. I got you home. What you going to do about it? Yeah. Give me back my bride. Do you think, and and uh, um, potato virus on, on Twitter, at the potato virus, which sounds like something you can catch uh, in the reach, um, he says, uh, John seemed very hesitant to help take Winterfell even after the pink letter. Any thoughts? Do you agree? Disagree? Is it still about Sansa driving the 
Yeah, he's I, just had such a brutal last yeah. month or so, what with dying and hanging children and stuff like that, that he, and seeing ice zombies, that he just mm-hmm. doesn't want any more bloodshed on his hands. Mm-hmm. He, like you said, what, he wants to take his long walk south, um, yeah. so he's got to have the fire lit back inside him by uh, Sansa. It yeah. was still kind of a little bit of an emo moment, and I, I liked that Sansa kind of called him on it and was like, yeah, no, this, this is a thing we actually mm-hmm. have to go address. It's our brother. It's our home. Let's go. Yeah. I, I, even I'm Sansa, doing this even without you. Sansa mm-hmm. finishing the letter and the tough part. He yeah. wouldn't, and I understand he wouldn't want to read that in front of his sister. But she's like, take it, read it. Let me let me digest it there. Yeah, I, and I don't. I think it's also reluctance to lead the wildlings away from the wall. I mean, it's reluctance yeah. that he doesn't want to fight anymore. He's done fighting. He's tired. But also, yeah. he knows the battle that's coming to the wall. If he takes all the wildlings with him, that's real bad. Yeah. For the rest of the crows. Yeah, absolutely, because he does know what's coming. Like you said, yeah, yeah, he knows, he knows. I do like Tormund reacting, though. It, it's kind of scary. Tormund's mm-hmm. not the guy either you want falling in love with you or going, you're going to what me? I've got an army <laughs> behind right. me. So, guys, I want to talk about the coming battle, because this is setting up the, the battle of the bastards, mm-hmm. so to speak, and, 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 and what might be happening in Winterfell. There is potentially two or three sides to this battle. Let's do a little prognosticating, mm. a little pregame break, and we've got Team John. John John Snow and and the Wildings potentially looks mm-hmm. they're definitely to me you're not going to stop Tormund bringing the guys the down. The Wildings are on board especially because that right. letter threatened yeah. all of them. Tormund's, Tormund's like, like uh-uh. mm, yeah. excuse me uh, and potentially based on theories the Umbers we'll get into that mm-hmm, we got Team maybe. Baelish now at a great moment Baelish returns you all, <laughs> yeah. we all excited yeah. for Baelish yeah yeah, yeah. Where, where was this Baelish guy Baelish in his Baelishy Baelishy ways steps, <laughs> immediately steps right out of his carriage his his wonderful little carriage and. And challenges Lord Royce, basically manipulates. You know Baelish is lying. Lord no, Royce knows he's lying. Sure. But he power plays, power plays himself into an army. But I feel like yeah, Peter Baelish manipulating Robin Aaron. It's just not even fair. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a, you know slap boxing a kitten. It's just there's no challenge in it. Here's your birthday bird. I brought Here's you a bird. <laughs> Give me an army. Right? Lord Royce, who's, uh, whose son, of course, was the first ranger to die in episode one in the uh, first episode. The w- White Walker takes out his son, Waymer. Uh, so he's, he's, he's a man of respect and, and well-earned, uh, well-earned respect versus his military record, as Baelish even says. But Baelish yeah, has nice callback, by the way, to the first mm-hmm. episode. But I think it's interesting he does mention the military record, because that means Royce is probably going to have a big part in this army marching. Oh, yeah. So that's a potential army. Good Baelish. And uh, the Vale also. Baelish has got the backing of the Lannisters. Now, let's not forget, he's told, well, he's told Cersei, I'm going to take an yeah. army, I'm yeah. going to take Winterfell, I'm going to kill Sansa. Yeah, like, right? what, what's he his end plan here? Because now, I mean, and Sansa's going to call him on being like, uh, yeah, did you know what you were doing with me and leaving me up there? What the hell, man? Right. Oh, so, yeah, we, when, right. I think we saw a little bit of that in the did, scenes yeah. to come, yeah. um, which I can't wait for that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I feel yeah. like the easy answer here is that Baelish wants to take Winterfell because that's what he's always aspired to as a kid. He's never had that wealth, that power, that stature. But I feel like that's too easy of a go-to mm-hmm. for Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. He's right. been behind just about everything. Right. And he's schemed it out so many moves in advance that I'm just genuinely excited to take my popcorn and sit back and watch. <laughs> Absolutely. This was an unexpected moment for me. Spencer, I don't know how you found that moment where you're like, ooh, Baelish, now he's got an army. Yeah, it's a fun moment. Um, I think he might kind of be overstepping his bounds this mm. time. Um, he, he, if... As we saw, he's going to get called on his BS by Sansa, and that's something that you kind of don't come back from in Winterfell. Right. If you don't have her support anymore, 
and the Boltons are gone, God willing, the, yeah. then he's and, done too. And Jon Snow's going to be right behind her. It's going to yeah. be interesting. And of course, mm-hmm. the final team of this is Team Ramsey, the Boltons. He's got the Car Starks, mm-hmm. potentially the Umbers, depending on which way you believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ramsey, his big scene this week, OSHA comes back to be killed. And a lot mm-hmm. of people checking in on Twitter, not happy with that. Not happy that uh, that OSHA uh, was brought back just to go so quickly. Maybe we all thought it would be part of a bigger plan until the scene started. Yeah, and she started talking. Did anyone else think that he was going to rip her throat out with his teeth? Or am I just... No. No. I'm really bloody-minded by now. (laughs) Wow, you went to a dark place. (laughs) It's not like it hasn't happened before, guys, on this show. (laughs) There's precedent. No, you're absolutely right. And the question I want to ask, and it it, it was a sad moment for a a good character I liked, and and I I do agree, it it seemed a little bit of a waste, or maybe I just wanted more there, Mm -hmm. that she was involved in a bigger plot. But, um, guys, the question I want answered here, does Ramsey have a plan, or is this just hubris? What does he think? We're just going to go north and win? I mean, he's Warden of the North, so he's already won in his mind. He just has this little piece of housekeeping to take care of with Sansa. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't think he needs to plan too far ahead, because in the show, at least, he's, like, invincible. Like, no one can get the drop on him. He's always three steps ahead of everyone. So I think that... He's just kind of given this plot armor where he he's very confident and he deserves to be. Right. Well, and if he actually has five thousand members of his army, he's he's sitting pretty right now. Yeah, because Winterfell's a fortress. I mean, even though they don't mm-hmm. know it as well as the Starks, um, they're pretty safe there. By yeah. now, they've spent some time there. But do you think he's just going to sit back in Winterfell and kind of let them come to him because he knows it's such plan. a defensible yeah. position? And he that's just why I was saying thinks co- they're going to yeah, yeah come. That's why he's like, yeah, bring all your army, come down. Song. Yeah, come at me. Well, bro. And he, which is interesting considering like Jon Snow and Sansa know Winterfell mm-hmm. much better than he ever could. Right. So, but I that's wonder- why he th- now now he has Rickon, and I think that's his yeah. plan for Rickon is you know you got to be my inside to Winterfell right. because I'm up against them. Mm-hmm. I do and like that this monsters. is how they chose to use Rickon because I was wondering about yeah. that. I'm like, oh god, mm-hmm. are we just going to cut to him being flayed in the next episode? Oh, like, still time, still yeah, time. I know. <laughs> Let's just get into some bold predictions. Let's throw what we might <laughs> think we know of the story. What uh, what we might know from the books or the maps and anything we've got. Let's just have some fun here. <laughs> Who do you think is the armies? Is it a three way dance? A tag team action. We got what do we got, and who do you think? Who do you have winning? And we might have an easy answer, but how? How do you think they'll win, Trisha? Who Ooh, do you got? I think that Littlefinger is teaming up with Sansa and John, okay. um, and the Wildlings, and they're all going to come down and march on Winterfell, and I think it's going to be pretty epic. Um, I do think that uh, the Boltons are going to have you know the Northern Houses at their side that we've already seen that they've won over. Um, but I mean, I don't know the the optimist in me. Would love to see Ramsay just taken down and the Starks return to Winterfell. But I know the show, and we yeah. don't always get what we want. So True, as in life, Michelle. <laughs> uh, I agree. I think uh, as far as the joining of the armies, I also think that when uh, Ramsay thinks he's sitting pretty and safe in Winterfell, that uh, hopefully Rickon, but maybe just the Umber, will have a chance to stab him in the back and take Ooh. him out that way. Ooh. Yeah, I think that as we learned from the uh, Battle on the Wall, John is actually a really good commander. So mm. I think that he might be able to get the drop on uh, Ramsey and maybe trick him into leaving Winterfell the way he did when he ran out to attack Stannis. They might yeah. be able to double that, double down on that strategy and maybe get him in a little pincher. A little pincher. I little like pincher. that there. <laughs> did the Frey's factor in at all? Does late Walder Frey join one of the fights late and well, get his comeuppance? The interesting thing is that Peter Baelish, to make it to Winterfell, has to go through the twins, unless he's wearing his show jetpack again. Um, <laughs> he has to actually move through there, so maybe there'll be a little bit of revenge. Could be, could be. Uh, 
uh, at HarryNerd007 on Twitter, uh, <laughs> says uh, using the hashtag Watching Thrones, what would be the most satisfying end for Ramsay? He's evil. He's oh, pure man. evil. He's earned his death. What do you want in a fantasy situation? Most satisfying would be Sansa to stab him. Okay. Oh, Sansa to kill him. That'd be the most satisfying, but I don't see it happening. Trisha? That'd be real good. I, I'm just so excited for him to die. I, don't, I almost don't even care how it happens. I don't know that there can be a not satisfying Ramsey death because it's Ramsey death. You'll no. take it any way you can. I'll take it. Yeah. I think you, you, they need to reek him. Someone needs to reek him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone needs to, like, a th- give him to the fens or something. That, They'll eat him yeah. one piece of the Oh, that would be that's, nice. That's se- season seven. Yeah. Oh, it's the reeking of Ramsey. It's super satisfying for him to be given to the fens to be skinned alive. Right, and, and Osha was like, oh, yeah. do, you, do you eat these people? No, well, then I've seen worse. I so. dig it. Karthik Ramsish uh, at Karthik's page on Twitter it says, He's hope, uh, here's hoping Ghost is the one that gets to tear Ramsey Bolton into shreds oh. in the coming Battle of the Bastards. Revenge for his brother. I would take that. Yeah, a yeah. little, little bit there and a little little wolf revenge there. So this battle, I think we, we know that the producers have, have hinted that a battle to end all battles is coming. Yes. Gotta be it. I'm excited for this one. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I want to see a Stark and Winterfell. Long for we real. Call, let's take a call now. Let's see what they think about the coming Battle of the Bastards. Welcome to Watching Thrones. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, we hey. got a team. Hello. Hi. Hey. I'm Dylan. Hey, Dylan. And I'm his mom, Dawn. Hello, Dawn. Hi, Dylan and Dawn. Dylan and <laughs> Dawn. What's going on? What is on your mind today for Watching Thrones? So we're kind of wondering, do you think that Osha dying in it kind of kills off the concept of the North Remembers Rebellion and the Karstarks and the Umbers kind of faking their alliance and really being in on the whole conspiracy? That is a great question because that is the big theory is the mm-hmm. Umbers, and for those maybe need to be caught up on that theory, is that the Umbers are faking it. That that the small John came in and said, here's a wolf's head. Yeah, trust me, it's Shaggy Dogs. I know it, I know it, I know it, and it's all a big ruse. So anyone have any thoughts on where this might Ooh. lead us? I think regardless of whether or not Osha got killed, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the North Remembers isn't real because, I mean, she's a little bit of collateral damage, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but Umber and Rickon could still have this plan to actually back backstab and, and kind of turn on Ramsey and therefore bring in all the other northern lords. So you're saying it's like an umber, it's like they've like talked they, about yeah, it. Yeah, like they, they could have tried with Osha to like, hey, mm-hmm. cool, you know, you do your thing and if that works, then yeah. awesome. It's but not if like not... Luke, Luke Skywalker sending in R2 and 3PO, but they didn't know the plan. They're just, yeah. you just go in. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Yeah, don't worry about Jabba. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Trisha? I think it would be hard to fake a direwolf head. Okay. You know, like, they're so much larger, and yeah. there's only been so many of them seen, and the Starks have them all. Um, so I don't know. As much as I would love to believe that there's more going on than meets the eye, I, I'm taking it at face value for now. Okay. I, I still believe, just because the show's made such a big deal out of the North uh, being loyal to the Starks and that meaning so mm-hmm. much up there, that I think it's conceivable that more than one person would want to kill Ramsey Snow for their own reasons. So Absolutely. I think it's totally still in play. I'm behind that theory, too. I think we still got something with the Umbers, whether it's a bigger plan or they're just going to make it up as they go. Dylan, Don, what do you guys think? I'm kind of on the team North Remembers. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm hoping. It's a good yeah, team. Um, what do you guys think about the whole theory about the wolf's head being too small to actually be a dire wolf, like, compared to the small I read that theory, too, and I have to say, if that was the case, then I'm going to be pissed, because (laughs) I I think, like, the whole idea was that you brought out this dire wolf head to show Ramsay that this was actually Rickon, but we as the viewer know this is Rickon, so we don't need a dire wolf head to prove it, so it's like, if you brought out this tricksy non-dire wolf head, what would be the point? Well, we already established last episode that Shaggy Dog died from eating too much chocolate, and then they just (laughs) 
Diabetic shaggy dog. Absolutely, absolutely there. It's false and tricksy. It's false and tricksy. Uh, Dylan, Don, before I let you go, I want to ask you, because we have people still checking in on Twitter on how they want Ramsey to die. Uh, Andre P. at uh, Freya X Machina says, uh, the most satisfying Ramsey death is just a whole episode of John, Sansa, and Theon stabbing him for 50 minutes. <laughs> wow. I think that's a great one. You guys, okay. How do you guys want Ramsey to go? Well, in a fantasy world, we could go ahead and have the red woman resurrect Ollie and let him take care of him. Interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Dylan, what do you think? How do you want Ramsey to go? Um, maybe, I don't know, probably John, just uh, behind the back, kind of linking in with uh, Ned and the honor and uh, possible loss of that. And gotcha. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. a, little, cool. a, a little for the for the Starks. Dylan, Don, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate you both calling in today, Thanks, taking guys. time to thank check you. Thank you. in with thank us. You guys, uh, guys a little moment here. I want to talk about Theon returning home again. Every time he returns home and someone's sitting in that chair, it doesn't go well for him. It's not a pleasant conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's awkward. So she's seen his dick and like it just got weird. In a box. Yeah. Yep. In a box. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that whole plot, was, it, it was kind of moot. Because ha -ha, it, it really seems like they're really just it could have yeah. happened next week. It, it, could, it, it does it lead. I, I liked it though, just a quick thing about like, I felt like she was trying to get him back a little bit. Like, no, hold your head up. Tell me what you want. Where the hell is my brother? You're right. Like, that was actually another which shot was another, of, of a woman of a telling woman. a guy to man up. Exactly. Uh, and it <laughs> also, which I enjoyed. It also was another answer. I mean, last time I was here chatting with you guys, we were talking about where is home. When he says, I'm going home, is he going back to Ramsey? Right. Is he going? Right. We yeah. had a question answered, and whenever that happens, I feel it's exciting. good about that. It's exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> and here he is. Here's Yara and, and Theon. He's trying hard. It, it, it's tough love. The Great Joys love in an odd way. <laughs> a lot of weird, odd things in the Great Joy family. So that's how it is in that family. But <laughs> Um, I agree. It's, is, is it a, a tough, uh, it's a tough uh, or a great moment for Yara to be like, hey, head up, uh, and him pledging himself to her. Yeah. For the King's Moot. That's and exciting. The and the King's Moot is coming, and a lot of people in the book book readers are excited, but maybe some of you who don't watch uh, or don't, haven't read the books, you might be still wondering, what is the King's Moot? What is mm -hmm. going on with Euron returning, killing Balon? We hear about the damp hair who has uh, already been on the show, Victor, and you hear all these things, all these names. Mm -hmm. So this week's Maester's Lesson is about... The King's Moot. Michelle, take it away. Yay! So we have the Maester's Lesson. Just a quick clip introducing the King's Moot from that episode. In theory. Why did you come here? Where else could I go? You heard father was dead and you thought you'd claim the crown. No, no, I only heard he died after we docked. You happened to show up on Pike right before the King's Moot. I didn't know. So, first of all, quick recap of the Greyjoys. Uh, this is Balon. Uh, he is Theon and Yara's father, in theory. Come on, Balon. There he is. Balon! Hey, what up, Balon Greyjoy? Ken? So, Theon and Yara's father, uh, the now ex-lord slash king of the Iron Islands, uh, and he was the one who was just killed by this guy. This is Euron Greyjoy. This is Balon's younger brother. Uh, he's also called the Crow's Eye, who is essentially this badass, reaving pirate who now wants to add uh, his grace to his list of titles. Uh, there's also the Domfair. Uh, which Ken just mentioned a minute ago. Now, this hasn't been officially introduced yet, but 
pretty sure this is going to be the actual Dom Ferris, which is another younger brother of Balon. His real name is Aaron. Everyone calls him the Dom Ferris, which literally took me three books to realize also meant damp hair, because sure. <laughs> uh, he had a near-death experience in his youth and has since become a priest of the Iron Island's major deity, uh, the Drowned God. He's the High Sparrow, but saltier. Exactly. A <laughs> little bit more damp. Uh, there's also another younger brother in the books named Victarion, uh, but he hasn't been mentioned in the show at all yet, so I don't know if we're going to get to meet him, which would be a bummer, but, Who's you know. That? Yeah, exactly. So I just found that picture. You're welcome. Uh, all right, so on to the King's Moot. Uh, King's Moot is a ceremony held by the Iron Islanders, and pretty much only by the Iron Islanders, over there in uh, Pike, where any captain of an Iron... I Thank you, you're welcome. Notice the squid. Uh, where a captain of an Iron Islander ship can put their name forth for consideration for the crown, and it's all the captains of the ships that choose. Uh, all the contenders basically try to win over the crowd by, like, giving a speech about how cool they are, and they bring gifts for the crowd. Uh, so basically, it's usually he with the most toys wins. Women aren't forbidden from entering this, but it's kind of frowned upon. So Yara may not have as good of a chance as she sort of expects. Uh, the captains choose, they shout the name of the candidate, uh, and the winner is actually like announced by the drowned priest, so by the Dom Fair. Um, this has not happened in about 2,000 years or 4,000, depending on who you believe. Um, the Greyjoys have been kind of doing this, like, you know, oldest male inherits for the last 300 years, uh, back to Aegon the Conqueror. So now, this is where it gets a little bit murky. Um, in the books, the Domfair calls the King's Moot because Theon is still back with Ramsay and is kind of presumed lost, and he doesn't want Yara to inherit the throne because he's a chick. What the hell? And he absolutely does not want his godless older brother, Euron the Crow's Eye, to inherit. So, in the books, he wants his unmentioned brother, Victarion, to win, um, but it kind of seems like it's being set up as a showdown between Euron and Yara, and yes, the book, book readers know what kind of happened in the King's Moot, but this is the last thing that we have to lord over the show, <laughs> only watchers, so I am holding on to it, and I'm not spoiling it. So, there we go. Nice. That is the King's Moot. It is, <laughs> it is important to the Greyjoy story. And a lot, a lot of people questioning, hey, what is the importance of the Greyjoys in the story? So, how do they factor in, Trisha? How do you predict that the weasel Ooh, the way How do in? I predict that they're going to factor in? Well, I mean, they are, are, they are the Navy. They right. are the most powerful by sea battle, uh, you know, nation that there is, and I think that that's going to heavily weigh in. As Spencer kind of mentioned earlier, we do have another character who needs boats, mm -hmm. yeah. and we've got people who have boats. <laughs> Maybe they will get together at some point. That's just math. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like like Michelle just mentioned in your wrap up, which was lovely, by the way. Thank I enjoyed you. that immensely. Um, that you know, we as book readers don't know what the future is for them after the King's Moot and what's going to yeah. happen there. Um, so it's it's going to be exciting. Because even be though excited. Theon is there now, like he can't bear children. So mm -hmm. they're probably not going to want him as king anyway. Yeah. And he's already thrown his support to Yara. As soon as I heard he was going home, I was like, what's this mean for the King's Moot? <laughs> <laughs> it changes everything about the moot. I've been excited for it ever since the trailer for this season, though. Yeah, so I'm psyched. I am too. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're getting, uh, you know, Euron, he's the, he's the guy that's been around the East and he knows the world. He's more worldly, maybe a more spiritual, uh, religious fanatic type. So so I think that he'll make a great match for Danny someday. Yeah, that'd be like awesome. That. I can get behind Spencer's theory again here. Uh, let's jump to uh, Lannisters. 
and the Tyrells in a Mega Powers tag team. You got Marjorie making her own power play in the High Sparrow, given his backstory that I don't believe for a second no. that this guy's telling the truth. Uh, it's a quieter moment of the episode for sure, but what do you guys think about his story in the High Sparrow right now and his, his backstory that is a, a, a lie on my end? But what do you think? It literally huh. sounded like he was auditioning to be a faceless man. That's how that backstory <laughs> sounded. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, prove that I'm not lying. I, really? I, I, a little bit. None of this uh, scream lies to me. It screamed like kind of like stock writing of just like, well, we don't have a story for this guy, so let's. Uh, he was a cobbler. He was making the Air Jordans of Westeros, and he got sick of it. <laughs> and um, he had a big party and, and changed his life. He had a big life. party and walked out. Yeah, I, I, you know, it just it really lingered on it so long. Um, yeah. uh, I think they wanted it to have more impact than it did. I think it was just bad storytelling. It, it might be. It was It was not one of my favorite scenes, and I've been a fan of the High Sparrow storyline just because Jonathan Price's it's great performance, uh, but Marjorie doesn't fall for it. Mm -mm. Unlike Tommen, who's an easy target, uh, Trisha, she's kind of, nah, she knows the score here. I think he's a shady dude, and I think she's smart enough to know he's a shady dude. I mean, Marjorie herself is a master manipulator, mm -hmm. so I think she can sniff it out in somebody else. Mm. Yeah. And I'm excited for whatever plan she's formulating now. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. She gets to reunite with Loras, who's not looking like the uh, the no, Knight of Flowers no. there. And yet again, another moment of her telling her brother to be strong. There was, just, there hold was on, a lot of that. Hold on. That, uh, mm -hmm. And uh, Micah Value on Twitter said, hey, uh, this week had three instances of sisters reuniting with their brothers and giving them a pep talk. So uh, good yep. moments. Good moments there. Mm -hmm. uh, flip side of this uh, storyline here, of course, is uh, Cersei, Jamie, the Lannisters. Uh, she she had a great talk with Tommen, where Tommen's like, oh, I have a, I have a talk with the High Sparrow. Oh, yeah. What have you been doing? I'm <laughs> uh, not supposed to tell you. She she jumps into uh, to uh, the Queen of Thorns and, and her uncle's little meeting there. So to the point, to the question, guys: Is Cersei back in control? Is she once again kind of thinking she's her father when she's not? The reins of Castamere swell in the scene. It kind of was a powerful was cool. moment for Cersei. <laughs> what do you guys think she she in this moment? Is she in control? And what is she playing for? A big war or child by combat? Or both? Well, she still needs the Tyrells just as much as ever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, they have mutual interest now. The one percenters have now allied against the rest of us. And they are going to do the whole thing where the, the Tyrells are going to, you know, they're just going to be punching. And if I happen to hit the High Sparrow when I'm walking through King's Landing, so be it. That right. happens. It, it's kind of childish and, and ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, she's she's playing to uh, for genocide, I think. She's going to yeah. kill these people. And her uncle's point of, uh, hey, if we do this wrong, this is, this could be civil war in the streets because mm -hmm. these people don't really like it. You mentioned the one percenters. It's a good mm -hmm. real world comparison. There's a lot of people who might like uh, Bernie Sanders' high sparrow hair. You know, <laughs> yeah. This might be the guy they want. Wow. He does look like him. Wow. <laughs> I do think it was a really nice echo to what Tyrion did in Marine of like, I don't trust these people, but we have to make peace with our enemies. Mm -hmm. And I trust their self-interest. And I think that's exactly what Cersei was doing. So it was kind of like a nice little Lannister episode, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Cersei's getting close to being backed in a corner. I mean, when the whole small council walks out on her and Jaime, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in the last episode, that is a huge moment for them. They have completely yeah. lost it. And so I think that she is turning on her, you know, plot, her plotting manipulative mind and <laughs> saying, okay, how do I regain power? Who has the power now? How can I ally with them? How can I make this work? How can I convince them that I'm helping them? And that's exactly what she's doing here. Right. Predictions here? Mace Terrell, we know he's going to don some armor. And 
them versus a faith fight. militant. He's a goofball, but he can fight. Yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, it's gonna be blood in the streets, man. You it's think gonna so, be, yeah? It's gonna be great. I just want the <laughs> showdown to happen. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it looks impressive in the trailers we've seen coming. We know yeah. this moment's coming. I like it. Mace has got the big. He's got a lot of f- feathers on his uh, arm. <laughs> Here, what do you think? You he think? Uh, yeah, he, he plays at war according to his mom, but uh, he he did some good stuff. He he sieged. Uh, he, he's been around a few in, battles. In rebellion, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's gonna be a riot. I think it's actually going to be a riot. Fighting uh, in the streets. Yeah, fighting in the streets. Street fighting men. I, I would love to see the Tyrells just be like, yeah, yeah, we'll go along with this, and then somehow backstab the Lannister. I think the moment they get Marjorie and Loras back, yeah. it's over. Yeah. Could be they're thinking their way out of this partnership, or just... Well, that's all Olena does. That's her jam. Do they want mm-hmm. this power, the Tyrells, or do they just want to go back to Highgarden and... and, and well, and Marjorie's still the queen. Yeah. So, they, want, they want her out of jail and back on the throne. Right. And then I, I thought it was interesting where Marjorie said, you're the future of our house to Loris. I'm like, really? I, yeah, I thought you were. I thought, yeah. Huh. I, th- I thought it was you and your son, uh, but okay. I, I thought she was saying that just to try to, like, build Buck him up. up. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that was all it was. I, just, I thought it was interesting. Speaking of power and politics and the art of persuasion, our man Tyrion, <laughs> who's been, uh, I don't know, I, I personally have been overly happy with the storyline this time around. I look at the guy from season two, and I'm like, this is where he ended up, just yeah. kind of in a foreign land. Uh, but it was an interesting scene. He's got the slave masters. It's a different way of doing politics and power over in Essos. Uh, so let's dive into him. Smart plan? Do you guys think it was his own plan? He's a little bit of getting back to making friends and influencing people, I guess. But right. Miss Sandy was giving him some serious side eye the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. With good reason. Completely. I mean, with good reason. He's negotiating mm-hmm. with the enemy. Spencer. Yeah, I mean, obvi- I think that the show wants us to feel this. It's obviously shades of gray on mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single side, and there's really no right answer. I don't think that he really does have the authority to do this. He really mm-hmm. is a stranger and just, you know, sailed in and said, all right, seven more years of slavery, and without asking anyone first. Um, yeah. So I think that he's going to be in trouble when uh, mom comes home. That's the big question. What is Danny going to think about this plan? Oh, I don't think she's going to like it. <laughs> and she, no. has a, she has an army now to no, change think, his mind. I think he's operating off of the politics and the way things work in Westeros. Mm-hmm. You know, if he were the hand of the king, they're not calling him that here, he's the advisor to the queen, but if he were the hand of the king, so should something happen to the king and he can't rule, the hand makes the decisions and takes over and moves. So of course Tyrion's like, yeah, this, this is how this works, I'm advisor, this is what's going down. That's not necessarily how it works in Marine. Um, right. and, and I don't know if the politics, if the way that he is choosing to do this, the seven-year plan, if it's going to work as well with the Masters as it maybe would have in Westeros. But do you think that this offer was actually sincere? Or is this just sort of like him kind of showing the carrot and then when they don't go for it, you know, then coming in with an army stick? Oh, I think I think he's trying to like this is an actual war down at all costs right now because he doesn't know when Danny's coming back, and I think he's just trying to keep the peace in, in hopes that she comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a very good point that maybe he is just you know leading it on until he can come in with an army. But I think he is doubtful at this point if that will be mm-hmm. something he can realistically do. One thing when he goes down to talk to the uh, to the slaves or I guess the mm-hmm. freed slaves people, mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Even when Danny is not in the freaking room, we still get all of her freaking titles. <laughs> Every time, guys. Every episode. Uh, Come on. Someone on Twitter, I can't give them credit. I'm sorry it moved past me. But someone said, is she going to now add unburnt twice in her list? Also the unburnt. Also the unburnt. And the unburnt squared. Guys, quick, as we love to do here, our tinfoil hat theory time. Uh, What do you think about this theory? Or maybe have you heard about the shadow war? The shadow war going on, and it's potentially between Varys and Littlefinger, that a lot of all these machinations come from the both of them, and maybe now it's Varys and Essos, Varys and Essos, and now Baelish in Westeros. Kind of fun little theory. Have you heard of this at all? 
No, but it no, makes sense that there's that, you know, kind but... of an East v. West thing yeah. going on because Varys is a Targaryen loyalist, maybe from way far back, and Peter is a uh, is a kind of a inf- out for himself slash the Starks. Yeah, yeah, he's so, a Littlefinger loyalist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that makes sense that they'd be going at each other through these powerful proxies for their whole lives. Right, and it's fun to think that. I it, like that. Type it of is stuff. fun to think that they're both so smart, and I feel like they're both so good at switching over to whatever side's winning. That I don't know that it would ever come down to one of them versus the other. It may mm. be one of them versus the other until one side shows a clear winner and then that person jumps ship right. and has enough things in his back pocket that he could jump ship and say, oh, no, right. I was loyal to you the whole time. See? <laughs> proof, proof, proof. <laughs> like Something I'm going to be watching closely as we move on here. Mm-hmm. We got do, are, there, are there clues and hints or are we just having fun inserting stuff into the story that isn't there because we're <laughs> nerds like this? It's that. so we, we hard do have to a, figure out what's, what's going on with Varys and Littlefinger. It is. It is. Just, there's it's so fun. many little clues. Go back clues, to season kind of. one. They're some so of their good. standing off in front of oh, the Oh, I love that some sea ladder. Oh, so yeah, what the are ladder. you after? What are you after? I want the whole thing. I want all that. We do have a call. Let's go to a call right now here on Watching Thrones. Thanks for calling. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. I'm Anna. Anna. I'm calling from Paulo, Brazil. Hello. Oh, cool. Down in Brazil. Love it. Anna, what is on your mind today for Watching Thrones? Uh, I was wondering if you guys also caught up on this uh, from, like, the theme of the episode was kind of like sibling reunion. Mm-hmm. Definitely, absolutely. Like we, we, we had mentioned a lot of it going on. This is definitely a theme. And uh, what do you think about it? Did you have fun with it? Did you love it? Oh, this was like my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, okay. I really loved it. Totally with you, Anna. I really loved it. I cried when Sansa and John reunited. I was like crazy celebrating on the couch when Daenerys. <laughs> burned everybody alive. <laughs> it was really awesome. She, leaping really for joy. She's proven that she's a true Targaryen. She likes to burn people alive now, oh, right? Oh, after completely. Th- after th- Almost <laughs> a little worrying, but it was too badass, so I'm, it's fine. Anna, we've been asking callers, so, oh, yeah. so let's, let's ask you, how do you want Ramsay to die? <laughs> As bloody as possible. Yes. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> Slowly. Fair <laughs> answer. <laughs> the, um, the episode title... The, oh, she's going... Okay. Oh. Go, go ahead, Spencer. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, the the episode titled "Book of the Stranger." When yeah. they Marjorie quoted it, it's like uh, you walk through the cemetery and you realize none of this really mattered, or, or it was something along those lines. So maybe uh, the other theme of the episode was people realizing their real priorities and what was really important. I was trying to figure Absolutely. out what the deal was with the mm-hmm. show, with the episode title, because right. I'm like, I don't get how it how it kind of ties into everything happening. It, it was just that one quote that yeah. that's all we have to go on is I walked through a cemetery and then I had a change of heart. Um, yeah. So finding what it's really yeah, about. Yeah, I walked Maybe through the valley really of the shadow of death. death. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? That's okay. <laughs> I, like that. I like that though. Anna, thanks so much for calling in all the way from Brazil. We appreciate you checking in, taking time. Sure. I'm a big fan. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, Yay. Guys, Trivia by Combat is coming up so you can start calling in now at Skype uh, SJ Plus Live if you want to compete in some trivia. Guys, quickly, let's look to next week. We got some things coming that are pretty exciting. Uh, Sansa confronting Baelish <laughs> in a scene that I'm very much waiting for. Yes. Uh, Bran meets the Night King in some kind of vision and mm-hmm. setting up some stuff there. And the King's Moot, among other things. What are we looking forward to next week? Yeah, probably the Night's King thing. Like, uh, what's what's up with that kind of Freddy Krueger? You can be alive in your dreams and see you. I'm very curious to see how they play that out. Absolutely, that's that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. I love Night's King mythology. I don't know. I just love it. It's my favorite thing because I'm weird. Me but. too. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited to see the scope of this undead army. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, how I'm, it factors in. Oh my god, I'm totally psyched. 
I'm most excited to have Sansa confront Peter right. Baelish because I think that he's going to have to give us some answers. Um, and even if he lies, it, in you know, if we can pick up on any type of manipulation or he drops any type of hint, we might have a little bit more insight into his master plan that he's been running with this whole time. That's yes. I think this is a moment where he's got answers for some things yeah. to see if he can talk his way out of it. In his defense, though, he did have that one moment uh, way back when when he said, "I don't know anything about Ramsay Snow," and that's interesting. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so even a guy whose business it is to know everything, that guy was a mystery. I've though. always kind of thought that he underestimated Ramsey in that moment. That right. maybe he wouldn't have knowingly done. But at the same time, he's the one. You know, uh, Roz said to Shay, "Don't trust he, her with that he, man." Yeah. He yeah. does know Roos was a big part of the Red Wedding. I mean, there's a lot he knew about the Boltons, right. if not mm-hmm. Ramsey. But it's definitely. I, I kind of when that, I saw that the Night's King always gets me going. But I saw that little moment and was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, he's gonna answer <laughs> for some stuff yeah. next week." Finally, <laughs> someone who's actually skilled enough to call him out. Mm. Right. And has good reason to. Yes. <laughs> good reason to say gag, uh, game is up. Long How are we looking over there? Give me that thumbs up. We uh, No, no one yet. So you can Skype in at SJ Plus Live to do some trivia by combat. But guys, we do every week Death Count, where we take a moment <laughs> to say goodbye to those who left mm-hmm. us in this episode. Uh, we had uh, not as much, but in the Death Count this week, first we have Osha. That's the big one. Had her oh. moment to come back, and there that moment went. Oh, shucks. <laughs> but she was a key character to the story, Michelle, right? I mean, she's protected Rickon wherever the hell they were. I'm with everyone else. I was kind of sad that she came back only to be killed yeah. like 30 seconds later and have yeah. 10 lines and, of dialogue. And that's and, it. And very key to Bran's recovery, right? Very key yeah. to getting yeah. him off the ground. Not literally, but figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon? Yeah. Uh, for that. <laughs> Osha gone, and also gone this week is Cal Morrow. Uh, no. Cal Light. The whole JV squad. JV they squad. All got wiped out. And the Cal's gone. As uh, Daenerys Targaryen, the unburnt and the unburnt again, gets her revenge. It's her plan. It's powerful. And hey, these aren't these aren't good guys. They they, they made them. They painted them out to be. Uh, they've got some traditions and a way of life that they've been used to. But yeah, the yeah, they're a little brutal. A little too friendly with the horses. Yeah. A little yep. too. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, uh, so uh, we, uh, we're we coming around here in the corner of the bend here of the show. Uh, still no one wants to come and do uh, trivia. No one wants to do this long. Oh, that's man. fine. Uh-oh. We can save these great questions means, for next that week. That means your we, trivia is so intimidating. We had, we <laughs> had a winner. Thanks. We, we had, had a winner they can last take time. You on. We had a winner. Which made we me very happy. We had a winner. <laughs> Spencer, as we do every week with you, uh, when we have a lesson when to learn. When I feel learn. like I've done the research. Oh, we, I, oh do someone's coming in? We have a contestant. Let's do trivia by comment if we can get them on now. Let's Here do we it. go. We got someone ready to play. Yay! Combat. All right, who's on the line? Welcome to Watching Thrones and Trivia by Combat. Oh, hey. Toby. Hey, Toby. Hey, Toby. Where? Toby from Boston. What's up? Boston. Hey, yeah. Checking in. You look like you're related to Tormund Giants, man, my friend. You've got a great future Whoa. at the wall ahead of you. <laughs> Yep. Toby, are you ready to play? This is how it works. I have three questions, each one harder than the one before it. I'm going to ask you the question. If any point you want to declare a champion from Spencer, Michelle, or Trisha, they can take <laughs> over. If you get all three, you win a prize. Are you ready, Toby? Sure. All right, first question. We first saw Daenerys walk through fire back in season one. Whose funeral pyre did she survive in that scene? 
Are you joking? Cal Drogo. <laughs> Are you joking, Ken? We just want to get your answer was awesome. We just want to get you warmed up, Toby. We just got to get you. That was the easy one. All right, all right. Next question. Again, after I read it, if you think it's too easy and I'm joking, you answer it. If you think it's too hard or you're not sure, you declare a champion. Uh, our opening shot this week was of Jon Snow's sword. Name it. Ooh. Can I guess and then declare champion? No, no you got one or the other, man. This is the harsh realities <laughs> of Westeros. You got to choose one path. Um, Spencer, go. Oh, you want? Okay. I talked with you on Twitter. I, I accept. talked to you on Twitter this week, actually. Okay, great. Then I won't do you wrong because it's the sword name is Longclaw. Spencer yeah. got it right. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna let you, uh, you. You're gonna get another shot here. You can decide if you want to declare a champion again. Uh, uh, the final question, Toby: Which of these characters originally comes from an island? A. Sir Jorah. B. Missandei. C. Brienne. D. All of them. E. None of them. Sir Jorah came from an island. I know that. So, all of them? That's correct. Yes! Oh. Sir Jorah from Bear Island, the Sande down there in the Summer Isles, and Brienne, of course, comes from the island of uh, of Tarth. Tarth. I was afraid you'd be tricked. That's Toby, awesome. that was great. Toby, Good you job. did it. You did it. Stay on the line with uh, Lauren in the booth. Yes. You have uh, you have won your freedom here on Trivia by Combat. Uh, all right, Spencer. Now we learned a lesson. Mm. What was it? Well, I'm not going to tell you guys not to party, but I am going to tell you guys to party in moderation. Oh. Now, I know we've all had the occasional wine-soaked orgy that we regret, but history shows us if you party too hard, don't go back full circle and turn into a boring prick like the High Sparrow. It happened to Stephen Baldwin, it happened to Kevin Sorbo, and it happened to the High Sparrow. So, guys, don't wake up with a hangover so bad that you make other people take a walk of shame to make up for it. Just take it easy, eat some solid food, have some water in between your wine, and you'll be okay. That's what we learned. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It's a valuable lesson. Party crazy, but party in moderation. Uh, or guys, become Bernie Sparrow. <laughs> become Bernie Sparrow. <laughs> Hashtag Bernie Sparrow is going on now. Oh, no. That's our thing, Spencer. Thank you for letting us know what we learned this week. Guys, this was a power-packed episode with a lot of things. Very popular. Very big things happened. So I'm so glad that we have our little small council here, and uh, we can break it down. We'll be back next week. Trisha, tell them where to follow you and your adventures. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you can see me on Twitter at ThatGirlTrish, or you can head on over to Comic ComicConHQ.com. They just launched. There's a whole bunch of new fun content over there, too. Woo. Michelle Boyd. Uh, over at Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, all at Michelle Boyd. And I expect next time you guys both have a uh, Tyrell we'll, dress on. Yeah, we'll talk about it ahead of time. <laughs> no, I want to I continue this trend of seeing if we just show up in the same thing. How much of the same wardrobe do we actually have? Probably a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Spencer, I don't think we have the same shirts. Ken, what will you be wearing next week? I will figure it out when I get there. I'll, I'll text you in the morning. Spencer, as always, your insight, your hashtags, and your lessons are, are very valuable. Uh, thank you for council. having me. It's an honor and a privilege at Spencer J. Gilbert on Twitter and all over this premium subscription service. Absolutely. A host of Does It Hold Up? You can follow me, Ken Napsuck, across all social media platforms. Still learning Snapchat. Still afraid of it. <laughs> uh, guys, make sure to catch us live every Monday, 1 p.m. PST, right here on Screen Junkies Plus and in podcast form. If you're driving around and you still want to hear our voices, uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, do me that favor of rating and reviewing. It definitely helps the show. Tweet us during the week as you do using the hashtag watching thrones and carry on the conversation with all four of us during the week we know you love doing that special thanks
thanks to Lon Harris for his research and Ryan Elliott for making us look pretty and JTE in the booth throwing up the pictures and the Dark Horse and Things from Another World for these awesome GOT collectibles and Factory Entertainment for the Joffrey Crown. We have it there. So cool. So you guys have been fun. We're going to be watching Thrones again next week. And if you're on Facebook, stick around on the Screen Junkies Facebook page in just a few minutes. We're going to be doing a special live show for you. If you're watching the show live here on SJ+, Plus, move over there in a few minutes. We'll see you next time on Watching Thrones. Bye. Bye.